guys know a lot about me, obviously, right? Right? Okay. But I'm also something that you don't know about. I'm the queen of writing down inspirational quotes when I see them. So I have this little Evernote app, and I made a little quote file. And what I do is the minute I see or hear a good quote, certainly inspirational ones, that's like I need to look at them to keep me going when times are tough, you know, mentally, emotionally, professionally. And I type them into this little quotes file. So I thought, you know, I really should share some of these with you guys because I love sharing with you. Here's one. A negative mind will never give you a positive life. Okay, that's good. It's like touchy-feely. Right, right, right. Yay, keep going. Be positive. Yeah. How about this? A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Now, what does that mean? That means... Hey, if you have it easy, you ain't always going to make it to the top. It's the hard times that turn you into the winner that you can possibly be, right? Here is one from Hemingway. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, some are stronger at the broken places. Uh, Okay, now here's one of my favorites. Grow a backbone, not a wishbone. (laughs) That's good, right? God can move mountains, but you have to bring a shovel. Which leads me to this one I just read by a guy named Nick Bear. And it's it's more of a sort of paragraph versus a quote, but I loved it. Most of us severely underestimate our capabilities. What you're actually capable of doing is massive compared to what you think you're capable of doing. We live in a society where we're trained to fear failure, avoid discomfort, and seek instant gratification. But when you feel most fearful and you're ready to give up, go one more. Nick should know. In 2012, he was on an ROTC or Reserve Officers Training Course scholarship at a tiny little university near Pittsburgh when he started a nutrition company out of his dorm room. But then it was time to serve in the military. So he went, he went to the army. Every free moment he got during active duty, he continued to try and build his business, which Yeah, started bleeding money to the point where even working 24-7, it was struggling. And his own accountant told him, you know what? You got to shut down the business. So you guys, when your accountant says shut it down, (laughs) you close up shop, right? Oh, you don't know Nick. He ignored that suggestion. And today, Bear Performance Nutrition rakes in $40 million in annual revenue. But something tells me it might be higher than that. That might be an old number. How did Nick fight through the near failure? He kept telling himself, go one more. And I, I really feel like we all need to learn from Nick. So here he is. Nick, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. Thank you so much for joining us. Liz, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for the very well intro. I, uh, I'm humbled by that. Thank you. Well, you humble me in the fight that you put on to build the business when nothing, it felt like nothing was easy in your climb. Uh, I mean, uh, this company, Bear Performance Nutrition, B-A-R-E, that's your last name. I like it. I like it. Um, but it's also meaningful in that you really make it quite obvious and you bear all the ingredients, correct? That's correct. We uh, Our three pillars are integrity, transparency, and service. And we're really proud that we are enrolled in part of the Informed Sport Testing Program, which means that all of our products Every lot that is run on the manufacturing line is tested and certified for prohibited substances. So that means military, law enforcement, 
college athletes, professional athletes can use our products knowing they are safe and tested. You sound so professional and you sound like, okay, I could I can trust this guy, I can trust his products, but boy, you rewind the clock to 2012 and that's where I want to start. Take me back to your dorm room. So I was obsessed with sports nutrition. I was obsessed with training in the gym. 2012, I was studying nutrition at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And at the time, I was on an Army ROTC scholarship. And before I even started BPN, what I was doing was I was ordering ingredients in bulk online, and I was having them shipped to my dorm room, and I was mixing up these ingredients to make my own pre-workout supplements. And I was using them for myself, and then I was selling them to friends, peers, acquaintances in the dorms. Mm -hmm. And between my junior and senior year of college, this was 2012, I had the opportunity to take out a $20,000 loan with the military associated bank USAA. And a lot of my friends were taking out this loan and they were buying engagement rings. They were getting new cars. They were going on vacations because it was our last kind of sprint before going active duty military. Uh And I saw this as my golden ticket, my opportunity to start my business. So I took out this $20,000 loan and I found a manufacturer. I spent all of that money on a production order on inventory. I had to do all the marketing, build the website, design the labels for free by myself and with friends. And we launched the business. And right before we launched, I told my dad that I was going to make a million dollars that year. And he (laughs) laughed at me and he said, Nick, if it were that easy, everyone would do it. And that quote has stuck with me ever since. It is even right outside of the room that I'm in right now. It is printed on the wall. If it were that easy, everyone would do it. Because that first year, we did $20,000 in revenue at a loss. The second year, we did $20,000 in revenue at a loss. Mm. And the third year, we did $20,000 in revenue again at a loss. So 2012 was a very humbling year. But also, I was ignorant to the risks that I was taking. There was no paralysis by analysis. I was just so driven, genuinely driven for a passion that I had in sports nutrition, training, health and wellness, and I wanted to pursue that. Well, you believed in it. You believed in the product. And you also, as you say, didn't know what you didn't know. So that kind of helped you not freak out. But I'm sure there were moments where three years in, you're still losing money and you're freaking out, right? I mean, the last decade of business, there's been many, many moments of freaking out. <laughs> and, you know, in, in 2016, when I was, uh, I was an infantry platoon leader down here in Fort Hood, Texas, and my unit got sent to South Korea for a nine-month training rotation. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. So how, I'm sorry, South Korea, how do you build a business in the States with U.S. customers while you're overseas serving this country in South Korea. Yep. So I'll rewind a little bit. I started the business in 2012, like I said, between my junior and senior year of college. And about a year after starting the business, I graduated with a degree in nutrition. I commissioned into the Army as a U.S. Army infantry officer, second lieutenant. After that, I got sent down to, to Fort Benning, Georgia for a year of training I went through the infantry officer basic course, ranger school, airborne school, Bradley leader course, 
And then a year after that, I got stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. Now I'm, I'm trying to build the business this whole time in the background. And the way it was working was I was running everything from customer service to our marketing and advertising, but all my inventory was still back in Pennsylvania. And my dad and my brother were shipping on the orders that were coming through our website. Now this was maybe one to two orders every other day. It was not a lot of volume, but there was the occasional order that would trickle through. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Texas, I decided I was going to start documenting my journey and using social media to build the business. So I I had $500 left in my name because I was reinvesting all my money back into the business. And I spent that $500 and I bought a camera, I bought a microphone, I bought some editing software for my computer, and I started documenting my entire life on YouTube. And I filmed what I was eating, how I was training, what it was like being in the army, what it was like building a business. And these platforms slowly started to grow. And as our platforms and community online started to grow, we also saw a correlation with orders, you know, more volume, more Ah, orders started coming in. And it wasn't an explosion by any means, but it was one to two extra orders a week, maybe. And things were great. I was, I was building the business slowly. I was, I was an officer in the military. I was having an amazing experience as a platoon leader. And then we got orders to go to South Korea. So in February of 2016, we packed up and we went to South Korea for, for a nine month training rotation. And my brother and my dad still knew that orders would be coming in. So they were going to be fulfilling those orders back in Pennsylvania. And when I landed in Korea, I realized that the job we were doing in Korea was very similar to the job we were doing back in the States. However, now I had a lot of extra free time because I didn't have a 30 minute drive to and from work. I wasn't going into Austin on the weekends and hanging out with friends. (laughs) And spending some of that money on, on good beer, I would imagine. Exactly. So what I told myself when I got to Korea was I'm going to spend every waking moment outside of my job as a platoon leader, learning how to build this business. And I said, by the time I leave South Korea, I want to be doing $10,000 a month in revenue for BPN. And I spent every waking moment outside of my job as an officer, learning how to build a brand, marketing, storytelling, documenting, social media, customer service. I would sit in my my barracks room at night in South Korea. And I would write thank you notes, handwritten thank you notes to everyone who placed an order that day. Oh, that's key. That's key, isn't it? I've I've talked to some business uh, entrepreneurs who say that the handwritten note, especially when you're starting out, goes a long way. It went a long way. And within 90 days of being in South Korea, we hit our goal. I hit my goal, $10,000 a month in revenue. Now, that sounds like this amazing story and like we are doing very well, but it also came with a lot of growing pains and, and pain points and struggles and, you know, building a business in a different country across the world was by no means easy, but I knew what I, I had to do to make it work. And again, it was so driven behind a passion and a purpose that I was going to do whatever it took to build this brand. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listen Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When did you crack the million dollar mark in revenue? 2017. Were you just happy dancing on the banquettes? I mean, what were you doing? I mean, I wanted to cry uh, for (laughs) good and bad. But 2017 for me was probably the hardest year of my life because I got back from South Korea. And when I got back from South Korea, I started transitioning out of the military. I did my four year active duty contract. And during that time, my brother moved down from Pennsylvania to Texas. I I called him when I was in Korea and I said, Preston, I need you to quit your job. I need you to pack up a U-Haul with all the inventory you have and move down to my house in Texas. And he said, okay. <laughs> Our brother's the best. <laughs> I couldn't have done it without him. <laughs> and he, he moved down to Pennsylvania and we signed a lease for our first warehouse. And I transitioned out of the military and we grew and scaled the business through organic social media. But 2017 was the hardest year of my life because we were trying to manage cash flow for a growing and scaling business by two people who had no business experience. <laughs> and every single night before going to bed, I thought I was going to wake up in the morning and not have the business anymore because we were running out of cash because we were investing all of it into inventory. And I remember so many nights laying in bed and knowing that our lease was due, our rent was due the next week. And we had half the money we needed to pay that rent in our bank account. So what I would do is I'd go onto our our email service platform and I'd send out an email and I'd say 20% off for the next five hours. And we'd make just enough money to cover that rent for the next week. Okay, but did you have enough money to, to live, to eat? I mean, what was what was your regular life outside of crushing it for this business like? The way I describe it to people, for me and my brother, it was that same feeling like when you're younger and you're waking up on Christmas morning, so excited to go downstairs to see the presents. Every single morning, I would wake up And it was like waking up Christmas morning where I just wanted to get out of that bedroom, go into the living room and start working on building the business. And to paint you a picture of what this year looked like, it was me, my brother, and one of our friends, Joe, who came to work for the business and he is still working in the business. He's our director of operations now. He just believed in in what we were doing in our vision. And it was the three of us living in 
a house was probably between 1100 and 1300 square feet. And we had all of our, our packages in there, our boxes, we were shipping <laughs> orders down to that house. Our garage was full of shaker bottles and, and powders. Use, using them as pillows. It was, it was everywhere. I remember Joe's bedroom, he was sleeping <laughs> on an air mattress and the whole air mattress was surrounded by boxes of inventory, <laughs> oh, but we, we didn't need much. And we were so high on life for what we were pursuing that nothing like I look back at that year, 2017, while it was the hardest year of my entire life. And I thought every day I was losing my business and enormous amounts of stress. That year also brought me so much joy because it was the first year I realized we might've actually broke the code. We might've actually built something that can grow and scale and is something powerful and amazing and great. And I think we're identifying that now. This to me is so affirming, life affirming, because, you know, Warren Buffett says, you want to tap dance to work. You want to love what you're doing so much that you can't get up early enough. Look, we're all exhausted. Let's not let's not be Pollyannas here. We're exhausted. We're fighting. We're scared. We're we're chewing our nails. We're anxious, but we're excited because you're doing what you love, not what you're kind of forced to do or you just gave up on your dream. This became your dream because you are really very much a health fanatic. I mean, everybody should go on your website uh, and look at these pictures. You, you look like, you know, Mr. America bodybuilder. It's unbelievable. But you weren't always like that, right? I mean, didn't you suffer from an eating disorder early on in your life? Can you tell us about that? I, I did. It was, uh, it was when I was 14 years old. And if I look back early on in my life, this moment in time, you know, 2004, I was 14 years old. I believe without that event, the eating disorder that I experienced and went through, I don't think I'd be sitting here right now telling the story because that is what triggered the passion for nutrition and health and training. And if I go back to 2014, People have asked me, well, why did you, why did you do it? Why were you starving yourself? I don't really know. I can't necessarily pinpoint the whole thing, but I believe it's because I wanted to control an aspect of my life that only I could control. Hmm. And that was the amount of food that I was putting in my mouth and the amount of exercise that I was expending. And I grew up in a very amazing dynamic of a family. My dad's side of the family were all dairy farmers in central Pennsylvania very hardworking people. And my mom's side of the family, a lot of them were military. My grandfather, my cousin, my uncle, they were military and that inspired me, you know, to join the army as well. Mm -hmm. But when I was 14 years old, I, I just, I had this desire to control what I was eating in my, my weight. And I slowly started eating less and less and less. And my parents identified this and they started taking me to the doctors and Doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. They thought maybe I had a, a worm that I picked up somewhere or I had uh, some sort of disease where I just I couldn't keep weight on. And I knew the entire time I was starving myself. This was self-inflicted. And it reached a point where I got so low in weight and so unhealthy that my body started shutting down. My organs started slowing down. And if I would have continued it, it, it would have killed me. And I remember the day 
when I decided to make a change. And, you know, my mom was taking me to and from all of these healthcare appointments at the Hershey Medical Center, close to where we were living at the time. And one day we were going to what I believe was a routine medical appointment. Mm-hmm. And no, normally we'd turn you know, left to go into the Hershey Medical Center, but this time we turned right and we went to the outpatient clinic center. And we pull up to this building and out front it says eating disorder clinic. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that sign, I was like, oh no, they caught me, they know. And my mom walks me up these set of stairs and we walk into this room and this doctor confronts me and he says, we know what you've been doing. You've been starving yourself. You have an eating disorder. And I just started breaking down crying. And I remember coming home from that appointment and telling myself, Nick, you, you gotta start eating food again. And I walked into my parents' kitchen and I opened up the cabinet and I pulled out this box of Pop-Tarts and I, I flipped the Pop-Tarts around. And I remember seeing in two Pop-Tarts, there were 400 calories. And I was thinking 400 calories. I don't think I've consumed 400 calories a day for months. Oh my God. And I forced myself to eat those, those Pop-Tarts and it was a long road of recovery. I mean, I had an unhealthy relationship with food for a long period of time. And I believe I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now where I have this healthy relationship with food, but I also still have these tendencies to control. And that's probably why yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. That's probably why I love fitness. It's probably why I love training and running these ultra distance races. But I just think I've, I've funneled that obsession and that control to other things other than starving myself. That are healthier. You know, um, I, I don't know if you were if you were diagnosed as anorexic, but that's very rare in boys and men. It's much more common in females. So to hear this from you and to have this window opened, I can imagine is is really helpful to at least some of our listeners who've struggled with these attempts to control in many other ways. Um, and what amazes me is you, you didn't come from a an abusive family. You didn't come from any kind of real difficulty when it come, came to emotions. But sometimes the brain is a weird and fascinating and misunderstood organ that just ticks a certain way. And the fact that you broke yourself of it is is really impressive. And as you look at yourself today, it feels like you put some of that effort into the business and you channeled, channeled it through to growing the business. Uh, tell me what you hear from customers now and how how is your customer base grown? We have a very loyal and committed customer base. And I think the only way to describe how loyal is our tagline is go one more behind the business. And a few years ago, I believe it was probably 2019, I got go one more tattooed on my wrist. So when I'm running, it is right above my watch on my left arm. And if I ever hit a low point in that run or in life in general, and I feel like stopping or quitting, I look down at my wrist and I see go one more and I can't, those, those words are permanently embedded into my body. I, I have no reason, no option to quit anymore. We have hundreds, if not thousands of other people, customers of our brand who have go one more tattooed on their body and go one more is much, much deeper and larger than just running an extra mile or doing an extra rep. But it's when things in life get tough and they will, and they do on a daily basis, 
it's driving through those obstacles to reach the other side. Because what happens with so many people is the speed bump pops up, the obstacle rises, the wall is in front of you, and they take that for face value and they just stop right there and turn around. But it's pushing through those obstacles at resistance because the reward is on the other side. Oh, yeah, isn't it? But you've got to fight through that wall. And sometimes it's dark and it's thick and it's it's scary. I mean, it's really scary. But I, I like how you put it and with what we read at the top where he said, we're trained to fear failure, avoid discomfort and seek instant gratification. Everyone, everyone who's listening, if you want wealth, if you want success, if you want what Nick has uh, and all of these wonderful things, grow a backbone, not a wishbone. You have to grab that shovel and start digging and do the work. And just when you feel like you can't do it anymore, as Nick says, go one more. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I wish you the best of success with Bear Performance Nutrition. Nick, thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I, you know, usually I say, do you have any last ideas for would-be entrepreneurs? You nailed it. You really did. I mean, guys, make sure <laughs> if you didn't get it, you got to listen again. But I'm quite sure you did because this is a perfect example of an everyone talks to Liz guest who has fought through the climb and is making it. You never you don't say, oh, I made it. No, you're making it. Uh, 40 million in sales or a little bit more. Can, can we can we end on that? Yep, yeah, we're on, on track for uh, 40 million, a little north of 40 million in revenue this year. Oh, that's great. Go for it. Congratulations. Thank you. And you guys, just take Nick's words, please, and salt them through your dreams in your life and start fighting, right? Start powering through and don't forget, go one more. And as always, uh-huh. Go one more. Go one more. Let me go one more. You watch me Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox Business. Claim and Countdown. That's an order. Have a great day, you guys. 